Uh, I have been watching all of those 2021 Spotify wraps that I've been getting and my friends have been getting. And a weird thing this year that they do is they take all the music that you've listened to this past year and give you like a musical aura, like an emotional energy. And they give you like two words for the emotional <laughs> state of your music listening. Oh yeah. You know that? Goodness. And it was like, you're angsty and you're this. Like if you had to do a Spotify wrapped emotional aura for the year 2021, what would the two or three emotions be? Gosh. Hmm. I mean, I'm thinking it's like agony and ecstasy because this was the year that we <laughs> thought the vaccine was going to promise deliverance. And then there was Delta and Omicron. It's like we thought we'd be able to travel and see loved ones. And then we kind of did. But then new waves. It was a whiplashy hmm. year. I get that. Adi? You know that gif of the actor Nathan Fillion where he's sort of like he's someone says something weird and he points like, uh, that's not quite that's how I felt all year hey y'all this is Sam's Aunt Betty this week a special year in game of who said that alright let's start the show hey y'all you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR I'm Sam Sanders and today on the show something a little different to celebrate making it through 2021 we are skipping our usual panel chat and just going right to the fun part we're going to play an omnibus version of my favorite game, Who Said That? Ooh, and this, and that. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? This is a game where I read three quotes from the week of news, and the guests have to guess who said it. But because this is a very special year-end episode, this Who Said That is going to be a special 2021 edition. Today I'll be reading five quotes from the year of important stories from the news, and my guests will try to guess. Here to play the game with me are... Honestly, my favorite dynamic duo to have on this show, maybe ever, all the time. <laughs> NPR co-hosts of All Things Considered, Audie Cornish and Ari Shapiro. Hello, hello, hey. hello. Hi, let's get on this yeah, omnibus, Yeah, you don't have, like, Audie. theme music for us or, like, the <laughs> wow. like, applause special Come effects. On. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are in the studio. You could have all of the NPR employees there clap for you right all now. All 30 of them. On the other side of the soundproof booth so you wouldn't actually yeah. hear them. There's, yeah, yeah. So y'all have played this game before. It's very simple. I share a quote. You tell me who said it or guess the story that I'm talking about. But for this one, the quote could have come from any point throughout the year in any story from this year. Okay? Mm. Wait, before we even start, can we guess who one or more of the quotes is going to come from? Like, I don't even know what quotes you've chosen, but I'm going to say uh -huh. one of them is Anthony Fauci. <laughs> oh, you know, last year was, Fa I would say 2020 was his year. Oh, oh, okay. All right. 2021, it's just like, yeah, sure. All right, Anthony, you're still <laughs> We've here. heard enough okay. All right, all right. Enough We've calisthetic, enough. sorry, okay, because... <laughs> just got to warm up the... Yeah, the, stop, the stop stalling. finger. I also don't know anything. I've been in a fugue state for nine months, so um, I'm looking <laughs> forward nice. to this. Yeah. I will say there's no Fauci in this game. Wow, okay. Sorry to all the... Was it Fauci sexuals, oh. Anthony? Oh. Like, what was the word for them, member? yeah. That wasn't the word. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the word. But anyway. I, I remember conceptually what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Boomer ladies who were in love with that man. It was cute. <laughs> All right. Here's the first quote. My life now reflects not just the person that I want to be, but the person oh. that I really feel like I am. Yeah. Which is not perfect, but somebody who tries very hard and cares very much about being honest and authentic and accountable. Hmm. Any guesses? I can keep going. Wait, there's more to this statement? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a celebrity who rekindled an old flame this year. Oh, well, is it 
Go ahead. Is it Ben Affleck? Yes, it is Ben Affleck. It's Ben Affleck, and let me finish the quote. Am I misremembering, or was there a Benefer moment in the last time we said that? There was. (laughs) I can't believe that. Audie, were you just giving me that? I feel like you should have been all over Well, I think also maybe I only paid attention to the Jennifer part of Benefer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I will finish the quote from Ben. He says, it's hard There's to say more? who benefits more. <laughs> yes, without going into gossipy detail. I could just say that I feel great about being very healthy. And it is a good story. It's a great story. And, you know, maybe one day I'll tell it. I'll write it all out. And then I'll light it on fire. That man is in love. <sighs> so that was Ben Affleck talking to Wall Street Journal magazine about his relationship with J-Lo. <laughs> the perfect venue for that yeah. <laughs> conversation. Exactly. Did it move the markets is the question. Exactly. <laughs> and as you both recalled, uh, we talked about Benefer 2.0 for about a month straight on this show when it happened <laughs> because I was obsessed. Um, it was a perfect bit of lovely nostalgia in this year of darkness. I liked it. Also, this year of nostalgia, let's face it. I mean, so much of what we took in, A, so much of what we took in in general, right? We're getting towards the end of streaming options. But what they're starting to feed us now are more nostalgia-based items, Um, whether that's Friends or, in a way, Dune, right? Like, it's just a lot of reliving certain sex in the city. Ideas, sex in the city. Oh, you're right. The pop culture aura of this year is... Uh, existing IP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not Everything wrong. Everything old is new. Not wrong, uh, yeah. Here's the next quote. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Oh, I know. I'm begging of you. Please yeah, don't hesitate. Who? Well, I'm Audie, Dolly I feel like Parton? I should give you this one. Yeah, she recorded that Instagram video as she was getting uh, her shot. Nice. Yeah, Dolly Parton. That was her singing about getting her vaccine. She sung it to the tune of her classic, Jolene. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Uh, this happened vaccine, in March vaccine, when the vaccines were starting vaccine, to get rolled out vaccine, and everyone was really excited about them. She was getting her first dose of the Moderna vaccine. Which a vaccine gave a million dollars to help fund, yeah. Yeah, she gave a million dollars to Vanderbilt University Medical Center which worked with Moderna to develop the vaccine. With a public radio connection. Yeah, because she is cool with Jad Abumrad's dad, who's a doctor. Host of radio. Yeah. Yeah. She also said at the time, quote, Don't be such a chicken squat. Get out there and get shot. I mean, this really was her year. This was Dolly's year. Isn't wasn't every it? year her year? I feel no, like we've this been is saying significant. this was her I mean, year for people, a while I think now. just the other day, Jennifer Aniston was kind of complaining a little bit about people reacting to her being pro-vaccine. And Nashville, country music, despite her legend status, it can be quite inhospitable if you kind of go in the opposite direction of whichever way the audience winds are blowing. So it's actually no small thing that she's done what she's done and become essentially the country's fairy godmother in the process. Yeah. Uh, So to me, there's a little bit of extra applause here and underscoring what she's done. She's always been so judicious with where and when she takes a stand. And so the fact that she decided to do it in this case is significant. She's our queen. And then it's like you compare her 
to other celebrities and their vaccine behavior this year. I'm thinking about Nicki Minaj. Oh. It's like... <laughs> Whose cousin's There were such highs and lows. Something, yes, something. Yeah. Nicki Minaj's you just give away cousin's your next quote? friends. No, I wanted to have two vaccine quotes, but I can only do one. But I said, we're going to make a coda, Nicki Minaj being foolish about the vaccine in the Met Gala. We first found out that Nicki Minaj was an anti-vaxxer when she couldn't attend the Met Gala because she wasn't vaxxed. Well, she was doing her own research, right? Exactly. And she goes on to explain that the vaccine caused her cousin's friend in Trinidad to become impotent and uh, that parts of his body became swollen and caused his wedding to be called off. I think that was a different problem. Just saying. I think the com- the the like government of Trinidad went and researched that, and they then they did. said, "They were like yeah. Nikki, no, Nikki, no." We have been <laughs> unable to track down Nikki's cousin's friend. As we stand now, there is absolutely no reported such side effect or adverse event of testicular swelling in Trinidad, or I dare say, Doctor Hines, anywhere else. None that we know of anywhere else in the world. Yes. What I want is for Dolly Parton to call up Nicki Minaj and say, get it together. We are two divas who need to be on the right side of history. I'm not sure Nikki would find Dolly persuasive uh, yeah, on that Yeah, I point. have a hard time picture Dolly sending a gather yourself text. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a bit of a stretch. True, true. Uh, all right, who got that point? Wait, that, that was, was Audie. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I was okay. like, wait, are we still right. playing the game I, at this point? <laughs> I would say that this whole episode is the game. Oh, right, I'm, right, right. Per right my there's last there's email, a format Audie. to this show you call it. Interesting. A little bit. Coming up, more of our year-end game of Who Said That with NPR's Ari Shapiro and Audie Cornish. Here's a hint for the next quote. We're going to need a smaller boat. This message comes from NPR sponsor CarMax and the Love Your Car Guarantee. Car buying can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. CarMax gives you the time you need to make the right choice. Take up to 24 hours for your test drive. Once you buy, enjoy a 30-day money-back guarantee up to 1,500 miles. Learn more and start shopping at CarMax.com. The new Love Your Car Guarantee from CarMax. Car buying reimagined. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Airbnb. If you've ever thought about hosting, you might have a few questions. What's it like? Where do I store my stuff? Is hosting worth it? Now, with Ask a Superhost, you can get free one-on-one help from Airbnb's most experienced hosts. Whether you're curious how to get started or just wondering if it's right for you, you can now ask someone who's already hosting. Learn more at airbnb.com slash askasuperhost. All right, here's the next quote. Then this is about a big story from the news this year. So tell me what the story is about. We are all in our own little way. That ship. Oh, was that this year? The Suez Canal? Yeah, the Suez Canal ship. <laughs> God, that feels that, like a wait, lifetime ago. That was ago. within this calendar year? <laughs> Yo, this, it's This is more about 2021 than any analysis we could offer. That's that true. Was the, this the what year? is time joke. <laughs> yeah, for real. So that quote comes from cartoonist Chaz Hutton. He made a cartoon about this ship stuck in the Suez Canal that went viral on Twitter. The ship is called the Ever Given. It blocked the Suez Canal for six days in March. It stopped worldwide shipping. And according to the New York Times, it froze nearly $10 billion in trade a day. Uh, The ship was one of the largest container ships ever built. 
And I don't know how no one predicted this. Like, come on, shit people. This is like your number one job. Well, what I remember is that that's also when we started talking about the supply chain in our news stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it was very vague. It was like, this could affect the supply chain. And you could hear the listeners' <laughs> yeah. eyes glaze over because like, it... what? Yeah, it was like, oh, this far-off concept that's never really going to affect us or might not affect us for many months. And now here we are just kind and of now. with a greater understanding of that in general. Um, but yeah, that's what I remember from that story, supply and, chain. And also infrastructure, because yes. as the ships get bigger and bigger, the canals stay the same size, and you have less and less room for error. Yeah. And apparently the ship is back. The Ever Given is back, and I think it's going to go through the Suez Canal again soon, if it hasn't already. And it's Much like, like Tiger don't. King, it will return <laughs> for a second season. <laughs> when you think you've seen it all, you haven't quite seen it all. Our attention will be riveted once again. Uh huh. I will say all this supply chain stuff, it's changed the way that I behave. Like, I am in the process of getting Christmas gifts for people, and I'm only getting ones that I can go pick up in the store. I'm not having mm. anything mailed this year. I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, I've been doing subscriptions here and there for people mm. for things, which I think are kind of nice. But, yeah, for sure, the idea that, like... Do you want to contribute to this problem or are you worried yeah. about the well, problem? It, or Also, it was a good moment for Americans to realize that all this stuff isn't that easy. I think we got really used to telling Jeff Bezos to get it to our house the next day. Yes. And it's like, actually, a lot goes into these things. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I think that um, one thing that's been – I like to underscore in these stories I don't hear enough is that it's often not that you won't get what you – you want it that you won't get it in the exact way you want exactly the day you want which is <laughs> yeah. we're spoiled yeah. like we're spoiled consumers we're so spoiled so it's kind of like what i'm not going to get that water bottle and teal like mm-hmm. that's not an <laughs> empty shelf do you know what i'm saying like yeah. countries have really yeah. seen inflation and empty shelves and we ain't seen it yet but the dialogue is such because everyone's so used to getting what they want almost immediately I just think it's so interesting to pull back the curtain and see how the sausage is made because we do take so much for granted that when you actually think about like, well, what happens when stuff gets to the port of Los Angeles or the Suez Canal or like, it's actually really interesting. And there are a lot of good stories in there. And what happens is people. Soylent Green is people Mm -hmm. is the joke, right? Like the supply chain is people. (laughs) And and, and it's like people have to work at the warehouse. People have to drive the truck. People have to work the extra hours. And let's face it, we have all assumed that that stuff just kind of happened. It's like, oh, I don't know, automation? No, it's actual people who no longer want to work overtime without a mask with bosses that don't treat them well. Um, So I want to, I'm super interested in 2022, like what that will the market respond to that? I remember when the supply chain issues began early in the pandemic when no one could get their hands on a Nintendo Switch. Well, I thought you were going to say toilet days, paper. It was toilet paper, yeah. And Clorox. <laughs> oh, you right. Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I still don't have a Nintendo Switch, but I have a lot of toilet paper. <laughs> just say it. You win. Right, you just that. won the game with that quote. <laughs> that, that better make the edit. That was perfect. Coming up, Italian Villas, HBO's Succession, and arguably the biggest story of the year. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Best Fiends. When it comes to match-three-style puzzle games, only one reigns supreme, Best Fiends. It's an action-packed adventure game and puzzle game rolled into one, so it's no wonder it's got so many five-star reviews. Plus, there's new content added all the time. 
If you're tired of crushing the same old candy, give Best Fiends a try. You can download Best Fiends free on the App Store or Google Play Store. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp, a truly affordable online counseling service. Fill out a questionnaire online and get matched with a licensed counselor best suited to your mental health needs. Whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, BetterHelp will help you overcome what stands in the way of your happiness. Learn more at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month with promo code MINUTE. BetterHelp. Get help. Anytime. Anywhere. All right, here's the next quote. The only thing I can see that's good about going to prison is that I'm going to be able to work out a lot and do a lot of yoga and detox. <laughs> I have no idea. Wait, this person question. was part of a group of people. Oh, fiction ahead. or nonfiction person? Oh, nonfiction. Oh, I have a guess. Oh. I have a guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is it the um, January sixth insurrectionist? It um, is. Yes. This is Jenna Ryan. She was one of the people who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th of this year. And she was talking on her TikTok about what she was going to do for her only 60-day prison sentence. Hopefully they have, like, some protein shakes and uh, some protein bars, I think. Because you don't want to eat, like, green bologna. That's what they have to eat. So... I'm going to end up losing weight in prison. Um, She was sentenced on November 4th to 60 days in custody. And the judge, Christopher R. Cooper, he said, quote, you've been very upfront that you feel no sense of shame or guilt. You suggested Antifa was somehow involved. And perhaps most famously, you said that because you had blonde hair and white skin, you wouldn't be going to jail. The judge said, think again. <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little sheepish because I originally thought that quote was Tom from Succession. <laughs> oh, that's why you were like, is this fiction or yeah, nonfiction? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I yeah. know this one. <laughs> also, while we're on it, best show of the year. My favorite Ooh, is it? visual consumption of this year is Succession. Oh, it's it? because here's the thing. Are you sure? Succession works once you realize it's actually a sitcom. It is a sitcom because the stakes actually never change. No one wins or loses. They stay there and they just Tell kind of to Jeremy perform Strong. comedy for you. Yeah, Jeremy Strong would disagree. But like, it's kind of like Arrested Development, huh. just with better cinematography. Actually, that's what people thought it was going to be. And I think it, it actually became something a little bit different. But I do hear what you're saying. I've heard a very similar sentiment, but as a critique, that in a way, it's like a series of sketches <laughs> it is. <laughs> right? It's in a bunch between. of sketches with great writing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but... Nothing happens so the dad leaves. And if they don't get rid of the dad, it's just the stakes never change. Because he won't lose. A fun fact, I actually went to college with Jeremy Strong. My husband and I did plays with him. Was he crazy back then, too? Well, it's funny. I went to that Al Pacino master class that um, is mentioned in the profile. This is the New Yorker profile that got all the attention and everybody in Hollywood rushing to Jeremy Strong's defense. So it talks about this Al Pacino master class. This was at Yale in, like, the late 90s. Um, But I didn't know the backstory, which you're going to have to read the New Yorker profile. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, I had no idea that that's what this was about. So when you were there, you weren't like, why is Al Pacino here? Um, 
that no, never it was like to you in your brain, or were you like everyone I'm at, at Yale, Yale was a little of bit like Al who wouldn't would want to come talk to us? <laughs> wow, this, uh-huh. this school has a high. I think that a, says more about Yale than it does about Jeremy Absolutely. Strong or Al Pacino. Uh-huh. I will yeah. say, seeing celebrities come to Jeremy Strong's defense, I'm just like there are better things for them to do with their time, power, and visibility. Oh, and I, felt I don't the same think so. Way. I mean, these look at the actors who were even doing. These are people who also are very into the like craft sentence caps of acting. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. the response on their part, and I'm not defending like super famous celebrities, but I think some people looked at this New Yorker profile and thought that it was actually poking fun at people who take craft seriously. And there's a lot of actors right now who are facing a marketplace that they're not clear needs them, right? Because yeah. are we going back to the movies or not? And that also like, the work you do get to do, is it in front of a green screen swatting at imaginary flying things or is it acting? Yeah, but here's the thing. It wasn't just taking the work seriously. All of his co-stars said in so many words, we can't stand him and he makes it hard for that us. That is not true. So there's true. a way to be a method. I spoke. I, I, like I read it more that as is I not worry true. about his well-being. No. I read it more as oh, like that's such, we're concerned that for his shame. physical and mental. Oh, that's such, that, that is well, such concern trolling. No, that I, is not true. I'm First of all, that quote is from tired. Brian Cox, who, if you know, his memoir came out this year. And that man does not mince words about anybody for any reason on anything. So I don't really think that's a good See, message. Kieran Culkin, but, though, said in that profile, this is not helpful to me. What he does does not help me. And then there was that one part where Shiv, whoever plays Shiv, told him to, like, F off in the middle of, like, the script read. I just feel like they all hate him. They don't hate him. Give me a break. Um, I, I mean, I spoke to Jay Smith Cameron, who plays Jerry Kelman on that show. I asked her about this, and she's like, look, he does what he needs to get there. We all have our process. Um, okay. But it's like a happy – she's like, it's like a theater troupe. But this idea that, like, people shouldn't just get along, be collegial and respect each other, but have to, like, love and like each each other other. and hang out at each other's Italian villas or whatever is, I think, a little bit childish. But, I mean, whatever. It's Twitter. People are like, ha-ha, Twitter comments on a New Yorker profile. for the record, you're both invited to my Italian villa. (laughs) And not just because you're my colleagues. Oh, okay, but I have to ask, do you actually have one? I feel like... Of course I don't have one, ah, I gotta Come ask. On. I gotta ask. I mean, you dropped you your Jeremy Strong for the story listeners. in a very casual way, so I feel like I should <laughs> ask the Italian Thank you for your support of public radio. Thing. I do not have an Italian villa. <laughs> don't call your congressman yet. We are going to get to the last quote. I don't know if this game is tight or not. It doesn't matter. Here's the last quote. Ready? And just tell me what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It was a meme stock that really blew up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Audie, should we say it on the count of three together? I have no idea what it is. No, what if he needs to win? (laughs) It's GameStop. Oh, my goodness. Was that this year? As the kids called it. Yeah, that was this year. Again, was that this year? That's the name of the episode. Was that this year? That is the name of this episode. Totally. Was Was that that this year? year? Okay. So that quote is all about uh, GameStop stock, which came to be called Game Stonk. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so annoying. Anywho, that quote comes from one of the moderators of the subreddit Wall Street Bets. And you might recall that in January of this year, uh, Reddit users discovered that the company GameStop was in financial trouble. So then some of those users invested their own money to make GameStop's stock price go from $20 to $73. 
But because many analysts had suggested short-selling GameStop stocks to make a profit off their prices going down, a lot of other folks ended up losing money. And eventually, the Wall Street Bets Reddit group had over 2 million members. And I don't even know. It all, none of it makes sense to me. But Sam, you're reminding ma- me of... Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm trying to finish the quote, but it's, it makes me more confused. The moderator said, the massive short contributed more toward the meme stock. I don't know what happened, but for a while, GameStop stock was really hot, and then it wasn't. And some folks made money, and some folks lost money, and the stock market is imaginary. Sam, you reminded me of the worst part of this story, which was, for journalists anyway, (laughs) the challenge of saying GameStop stock over and (laughs) over again. (laughs) Let's do it. GameStop stock. GameStop stock. It is a verbal road cone for sure. It's funny. It's like my brain can only hold so much news and that just sloshed right out. It's like, I know I spent many weeks talking about that and now you're telling it to me. I'm like, interesting. Even though I bet if you Google, like my name is on the like interviews related to it. Happy to announce the winner of this special year-end edition of Who Said That is, drumroll, Ari Shapiro. Oh, it's such an honor. Aww. Happy New Year. Thank you. Yeah. Adi, how are you feeling? It's good. I mean, I'm glad I could give him that gift. <laughs> You've given me so many gifts, Adi. I this have. is just the latest. I have. I have. Thanks again to Adi Cornish and to Ari Shapiro, hosts of NPR's All Things Considered. All right, this week's episode was produced by Janae West, Anjali Sastry Kerbacek, Liam McBain, and Audrey Wynn. Our intern is Nathan Pugh, our editor is Jordana Hokeman, and our big boss is NPR's senior VP of programming, Anya Grundman. All right, listeners, till next time, be good to yourselves. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon. <laughs> 